What's gonna happen tonight? What's gonna happen? We're gonna whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And we have another breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. To do that, we're going to go over to that home daycare center and get to Ryan Callahan. And if we're going to Ryan Callahan for a breaking news edition, I think you probably know why we're doing it. But uh, I will go ahead and let Ryan tell you why we're having a breaking news edition of this podcast. Well, West Tennessee has made another addition to its 2024 recruiting class, and uh, and this is a pretty pretty significant one. Uh, four-star edge rusher slash defensive lineman, uh, Kellen Lindstrom, out of uh, Springfield, Missouri, a, a guy that's been a, a priority for Tennessee over the past few months, and uh, and not a, not a guy that people probably heard you know quite as much about throughout his recruitment since um, since since he uh, got that offer from Tennessee a few months ago. But the, the Vols have been on him hard for a while now and, and hosted him on a visit the weekend of April 1st for their uh, their first spring scrimmage. Really, really impressed him with that visit. And, uh, and, and Oklahoma and Tennessee kind of emerged as the, the two main contenders down the stretch. It, it looked at one point like he might wait until June to take some official visits before making a decision, but, but ultimately decided no, no need to wait that long. And, and Tennessee... Uh, comes out of the spring with a a nice pickup uh, on the defensive line, a, a guy that's already six foot five, two hundred thirty five pounds or so, uh, a, a big kid with a with a nice frame that could uh, could still fill out a bit more, honestly, and and, uh, and a guy with the, plays with a plays with a really good motor, a lot of athleticism. He's a baseball player and a pretty good one at that. Nice. Um, so so a lot to lot to like about this uh, pickup for Tennessee. I think from a from a few different standpoints, uh, I believe his father played baseball at Missouri, for that matter. Um, so has a, has a good athletic background, uh, and 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 I can't stress enough: just a big kid, really good size. Uh, that that definitely could see him fill out, and 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 you know, I think he could project to a, to a couple different positions potentially, but but definitely an edge rusher at this point with where he is physically and the the skill set he has shown. So I think a really nice pickup here for Tennessee, and, and to go over into. Uh, into Western Missouri and, and pick up a guy like this uh, out of an area where they don't traditionally do a whole lot of recruiting. I think it's a, a, a really nice recruiting win for Tennessee to go over there and get a guy with a, a lot of good programs that have offered him uh, and, and to get someone kind of at, more out of Oklahoma's backyard uh, in a recruiting battle with a team like that. Yeah, it's someone who very clearly wants to be as far away from the St. Louis Cardinals as possible, which I can, I can very much appreciate, of course. Uh, Ryan, this young man... Uh, to reset this, six foot five, two hundred thirty-five pound, uh, four-star in the twenty-four-seven Sports Composite, two-two-eight overall. Obviously, a top-ten player in Missouri, which we'll talk about that in the second segment. But the, it's a hell of a year for for looks like for kids in Missouri and Tennessee's in on a lot of them. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but what about this kid as a prospect? You mentioned it just a little bit earlier, but but go over again because I think people. And, and this is why scouting and this is why these things matter so much because we'll look at it and say, okay, I like the size here. Okay, I like some some versatility here. Maybe didn't put up huge numbers last year in high school, but then you look at the offer list and he's got nearly 30 offers. And and it's not just that, that Bama's in there, right? Like some of the offers, Bama, Auburn, Iowa, which puts a ton of people in the NFL draft every year. 
LSU, Miami, Michigan, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oregon, you know, A&M, USC, Washington, like Wisconsin. There's a lot of people who have been in on this kid pretty hard, a lot of big-time programs, and I can't think that all of them are wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I I think, it, you know, the, the the kid's kind of a no-brainer in a lot of ways when you look at the uh, just the, 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 the combination of size and athleticism, uh, the, the way he plays, his work ethic. Uh, you know, he, he's one of these guys that came into high school and it was pretty clear that he uh, had, had the size to, to, to be a, a really good player. Uh, I, I don't think he was the, the type that you knew just from day one. OK, this is an SEC level kid. But but as he continued to develop throughout high school, I think it became pretty clear. You know, <laughs> when you look at a kid that's 6'5 uh, and, and in that range that has has that kind of playmaking ability on the on the defensive line. Uh, or, or as an outside linebacker, essentially, uh, as he's been a lot of times in high school, uh, a, a kid like that's going to uh, going to obviously draw some attention and have a have a pretty high ceiling. So, uh, and, and the big thing that I think has helped his development over the past year, he's worked with Grant Wistrom, the former NFL defensive end. There's a name. Uh, There's a blast from the past. That, that that's his position coach Whew. at Glendale High School. They're that's stacked. A, that's Pretty good staff there. Uh, his uh, the head coach is Mike Mock. Uh, yeah. If that name sounds familiar, uh, the father of Matty Mock, yeah. the the former quarterback, uh, and the staff there is uh, includes Matty Mock and and Ben Mock, who played uh, at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got some uh, you've got some good good family ties there throughout that staff, uh, and some some guys with good backgrounds that have been coaching him. But obviously Grant Wistrom. Uh, kind of stands out in particular, uh, and that's his position coach. And I think working with him has really helped his development over the past year or so. And uh, and I think there's still another step that he, he might show or take uh, during his senior season. You know, I think people are really excited to see how he can continue to grow uh, after the time he spent with Grant Westrom off the field. And uh, and, and yeah, that just between that, the the, the build, the skill set, there's there's just a lot to like there. Uh, you know, look. Uh, I've talked with multiple people who think this is a a pretty safe uh, a safe projection in, in a lot of ways. Sure, that this is a guy sure. that's that's going to that's going to to, to have a pretty high floor at, at the next level. That you'd be surprised if a kid like this is not a good contributor down the road and, and has a chance to be more than that, of course. But uh, I, I think at the very least, you're looking at a guy who can uh, you you can count on on someone like this being part of your rotation in the future. And has a chance to to be a really good player at the next level if he continues to improve. And I I think he's a fascinating projection because having seen him in person once, I he's he's kind of he's got a a pretty broad upper body to the point where you, you could see him still filling out a bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I think our you know I haven't spoken to our analysts enough about this to 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 know for sure what they see him being right now. But I think the the fact that he's rated as a defensive lineman I think suggests. There's a chance maybe he's more of a strong side defensive end. I, I think he's a guy potentially, I mean, this would be way down the road, but I mean, he's got the frame that you wonder if could he even be a three technique yeah, defensive that, that, tackle that down was, the road. That, that was a second segment question for me, so I'll just ask it now. You know, Is he one of these guys who you just kind of wait and, and develop physically and then kind of see after a year or two in an SEC strength and conditioning program kind of where his body goes and what type he, he kind of fits into there? Yeah, I I think so. I think you've got some real real interesting possibilities there, and and you know, edge rusher right now for sure because you don't know that he's going to get that much bigger. You know, I, I'm always reminded of Derek Barnett uh, coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. A lot of people yep. when he was at Brentwood Academy thought he was going to be 
a three technique defensive tackle. All I the thought way I he, thought he was going to be a three tech all the way. When I saw him as a freshman, I was like, he's good, but he's going to be a three tech. Because he, he was, yeah, he was 265, 270 pounds in high school already. Uh, and then he got slimmer, actually, after he got on campus at, high, uh, at Tennessee. Uh, finished his college career, I think, weighing less than what he was when he came in. Didn't get much slimmer, but it was around, what, 260 going to the NFL? So uh, so you just never know, and, and you can't assume that guys are going to add weight. But it's it's not hard to look at a guy like Kellen Lindstrom and see him filling out more and maybe being a 270-pound defensive lineman down the road that can play some inside, some outside, or something like that. So uh, a guy like that, you just never know. you got to get him in a weight room and see see what he's going to do. And, and, and guys like that can can stay about where they are, or they can just blow up and, and transform into a totally different player. But uh, either way, wherever he lines up in the future, uh, I, I just think you feel pretty confident he's going to be a pretty pretty disruptive player, pretty, pretty solid contributor, again, that, that has a chance to, to, to be – Probably better than that That three-star rating from 24-7 Sports suggests. You mentioned he's a four-star in the 24-7 Sports composite. I think that's kind of you know, a little more reflective maybe of how Tennessee views him right now because they've, they've really been after him pretty hard for the past few months, and this is, a, this is one I think Tennessee's pretty excited to go ahead and, and, and lock up before the spring is out. Yeah, there's two times in my career that I can remember off the top of my head where I have been just hilariously wrong on a player who I was sure – that he had to change positions. One was Derek Barnett when I said, man, I like this kid a lot, but he's got to be a three-tech. The other was Harrison Smith, uh, who went to Knoxville Catholic High School, the greatest high school in the history of the world. And he, I looked at him, I said, man, I love that kid as a player. He's an awesome kid. He comes from a super good family. He's got to be a linebacker if he wants to play at the next level. And um, so I guess like a decade later, you know, that he's been playing for the Vikings, I guess I probably have to say I was wrong about that one. Uh, I think that's probably fair to say an all-pro safety maybe could end up being a safety at the next level. So so we'll see. I mean, we look at a kid like Lindstrom, and and, and I think your, your response there, Ryan, is the proper one because – me, I see a kid with that kind of size already and that kind of frame, and the very first thing that pops in my head, I don't know if it's because we covered John Chavis early in our careers, but I just thought, oh, well, he's going to move inside, clearly. But that's, you know, you never really know. I mean, this kid could light the world on fire as an edge rusher and be like the next, like, you know, like a Watt or somebody. Like, you know, you never know, right? You never know. Yeah, and and you, you touched on this too. You know, I think the area he plays in probably, which – you know, Springfield's not the not the first part of the state that you think of as far as being the most talent filled. You know, that's obviously going to be St. Louis and Kansas City for the most part in Missouri. But you know, in that area, he 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 gets a lot of attention on his team. So you had asked about the the production earlier. You mm-hmm. know, he had he did have a I think what seventy three tackles, six tackles for loss, only one sack last season. But I think a lot of that came from the fact that he saw a ton of double and triple teams last year. And it was easy for opposing teams to, to show him a lot of attention. That, that's where I'm interested in seeing kind of the continued growth from, from the, the, the coaching that he's getting from Grant Wistrom especially, but, but from that staff uh, that, that knows how to use a guy like him. They've used him at tight end and some other spots too, kind of showing off what he can do all over the field. Uh, I think I think he's also the long snapper for his team. And there, there's a lot he can do. Um, so, and, and again, a, a baseball player. So clearly a, some really good athleticism you're working with there. And, and just the way he's continued to progress, I, I'm really excited to see how, how he looks this fall. Can, can he take another step production-wise to, to build on to what he's already done? But uh, you know, he, hearing people talk about him and, and just seeing what he's put on film, uh, there, there's a lot to like there. And uh, yeah, he, he's, a, 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 again, I think a, a pretty high floor player that, that's going to have a chance to be really good at the SEC level. Just, I, I think, maybe 
the fact that he's not surrounded by a lot more good talent uh, on his team as far as SEC-level players makes it easy for opposing offensive lines to show him a lot of attention on, on defense. Yeah, it's got to be nice to have as your your high school position coach a guy who, off the top of my head, I believe he won three national titles at Nebraska, and I, I'm pretty sure he was on a Super Bowl champion team too. I think he was on the either the Rams or the Seahawks when, when they won the title. He was on that squad. Uh, I think he was like a like a two- or three-time All-American. I mean, you know, I think Nebraska retired his jersey, if I remember correctly, from something I remember watching a couple years ago. Like, th- this is a dude who is a hell of a defensive lineman. Uh, so a guy like that, to, to have him uh, be your high school position coach, yeah, you're you're living right. You've got a, you've got a good thing going there. So lots and lots more to discuss about this commitment. This is a big commitment for Tennessee. Kellen Lindstrom. Uh, from Missouri, a four-star defensive lineman. You never can have too many good defensive linemen. We have a lot more to discuss about this young man and about the state of Missouri and about some other stuff. Um, But before we do that, we're going to step away for just one second. Uh, Pace bills, listen to product services, in-house ads, et cetera, and then be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product services and in-house ad you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center there across town. This is a breaking news edition of the podcast. We're discussing a big addition that Tennessee has gotten. Uh, Kellen Lindstrom, a four-star uh, defensive lineman from Springfield, Missouri, which is, you don't think of Missouri really as a hotbed for talent, but you know what? There's kind of a sneaky amount of good players there every year and some really, really good players in this cycle and Tennessee's gotten at least one of them and might be getting more we got a lot more to discuss about that Uh, but before we do that uh, just a quick reminder guys please go in there rate review and subscribe this podcast if you're just listening for free that's fine we love you nothing wrong with that no wrong way to consume this podcast but the best way uh, is to go in there and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you can cast the fine pod, you can find this Go Voss 24-7 podcast. Go in there, rate, review, subscribe. Please, please, please go do all of those things. We're doing this for free, so I don't think it's too much to ask to go do that. Uh, so please do that. Tell your friends also, good old-fashioned, uh, good old-fashioned telling people also works sometimes. So if you're already doing all those things, thank you. We love you. And if not... I award you no points... And may God have mercy on your soul. Ryan, something about, before we get into the state of Missouri, which I think is something we definitely need to talk about before we get out of here, I want to ask about sort of this this kid's, um, this kid's kind of recruiting process. And I don't know why, but I guess every kid's different, right? This one, I don't want to say flew under the radar or anything like that because some kids just don't talk as much as others do. But, you know, this kid seems to be a lot more about that action boss than about talking. Was that just kind of... When you see kids like that, is party like okay? That's refreshing, and party is like no, come on, like we need to talk more. Like how when when you're covering kids like this in the process, what what goes through your mind when you're covering that situation? 
Yeah, he, he just got a little bit, uh, as he got toward the end of his recruitment, just kind of shut things down a little bit more in, in recent weeks. You know, he took some spring visits. We caught up with him after his, his visit to Tennessee in early April. And uh, and and a good talker, very, very easy to deal with and, and those kinds of things. But just as he got toward the end, uh, just just kind of shut it down a little bit more and wanted to keep things uh, a little quieter. Don't, I don't think he wanted to tip off to everyone that he was getting close to a decision uh, and, and, and was going to announce when he did. So, uh, that, that's why this one maybe kind of snuck up on some people, but, but yeah, Tennessee and Oklahoma, it was pretty clear by the end of last month after he visited Oklahoma, I believe it was the weekend of April 22nd for their spring game. Uh, and it's, it, we started to hear a little bit after that, that, that he was maybe getting into decision-making mode and, and, and it was closing in on something and maybe not planning to wait until June. So, uh, that, that's one that, you know, the, the fact that, it, it, it snuck up a little bit earlier than expected, maybe surprised us some people, but um, not not shocked that Tennessee was was in it that deep and and then ultimately ends up landing him. This it was pretty clear from the time he visited Tennessee back in early April that the Vols had a real shot, and even before then, really, I think they were one of the top few teams on his list just based on the way Mike Eckler and, and the other guys on that staff recruited yeah, that, him. Yeah, that, that's uh, what I was going to ask you about who was in on the recruiting process and what sort of was the bigger the biggest deal for him. Yeah, my, Mike Eckler has kind of spearheaded that one, uh, the outside linebackers coach and special teams coordinator. Again, they're recruiting him as an edge rusher, uh, and that's that's an area where, where Mike Eckler spent a lot of time over the past year as well um, and, and did a nice job with them. You know, they had a pretty good relationship, I think, already by the time he got on campus, but spoke pretty highly of the time that he spent uh, with Mike Eckler during that visit uh, a little more than a month ago. And uh, yeah, I, I think they just uh, they, they hit it off pretty well. And, and, and I think Tennessee just really impressed him uh, when he made that trip to Knoxville finally this spring. Uh, you know, he was in for that weekend where they had uh, some pretty good players on campus for that first spring scrimmage, and uh, they, they showed him a lot of attention while he was there. And, and I, I think coming out of that visit, it was pretty clear they were they were going to have a lot to say and, as he moved toward toward a decision and, and where he ended up going. So, uh, yeah, just not surprised that it, that it worked out this way, but sometimes these pre-summer decisions can can catch people by surprise and Tennessee's had a number of those already yes, you know, in, yes. into double double digit commitments uh I, I think again as they continue to build this class I think this is all very much a reflection of the on-field progress Tennessee has made and, and of just you know you, you, we've seen this a couple times before I, I think Butch Jones kind of had things rolling a little bit in year three as well when you have a staff like this when you have continuity it allows you to get ahead in recruiting you you've got you know, deeper relationships, um, more well-established established relationships in certain areas. Uh, your recruiting board's been set and developed for a longer time. Everything's just kind of rolling by the time you get into year three. So I think all of that's kind of showing this year with how Tennessee has gotten off to such a, a fast start, frankly, to, to already be in double-digit commitments. This is a uh, they're, they're in a pretty good spot to, to, to you know, go, go into the summer with this many good players uh, that they're, you know, and then these aren't guys they're reaching for, you know, they, these are quality players yeah, that, got I, already I, in this yeah, class. On the surface, Ryan, none of them the, 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 on the current commit list. And again, I'm, I, 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 I caution, I'm, I'm not the, the renowned expert that we have around here on this, but when I look at these players, I mean, I think I know ball and I'm looking at these players and I don't think any of them look like a stretch to me. Yeah. That, there, there've been some times where you, in the past, maybe you see early commitments and you're thinking, no, nah, were they, were they just taking one because they didn't have many guys in the class or, you know, what, what, what made them decide to take this guy early? I mean, they've since last year, you've been getting players like Jonathan Eccles and Caleb Beasley and 
earlier this year, Marcus Gorey. I mean, they, those were those were no brainers. So they've they've built this class with mostly high priority players so far, and and still still some a lot more big names left out there. But but Tennessee's off to a very good start. I think this is all kind of just a reflection of the 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 momentum they've continued to build and the way they've been able to to recruit and uh, main, maintain continuity on this staff. And uh, and yeah, again, it shows with. Mike Eckler, you know, spending some time over there in, in Missouri. They offered him, uh, I think, back in December and, or, or January, maybe it was, and, uh, and and Tennessee just kind of picked things up from there and uh, and really really did a good job with him over the past few months to to put itself in this position. And let's not forget too that that for years there, Tennessee, you know, obviously Tennessee and Oklahoma and Tennessee and Texas, it's not like they're consistently battling for each other all the time on the trail, but there are several times a year where, you know, uh, Tennessee and Texas and Tennessee and Oklahoma will, will kind of two or three of those will kind of be in a kid's top four or five or all those. So so they've had to recruit against these schools before. And, and in recent years, one of the things that really helped Tennessee was saying, hey, um, by the way, you can come play in the SEC here. You can't there. That's obviously out the window now. Like like Oklahoma can now go, hey, um, we're going to be in the SEC too, and so can Texas. So that adds another, you know, complicating factor or mitigating factor into that. So again, just a really nice – Really nice recruiting job by Eckler and, and by the staff and Heupel and all those guys on getting this kid. This is a big-time prospect, big-time addition for them. And also, Ryan, this is a big-time addition in the state of Missouri. And I'm looking at this, and, and I'm, I'm asking you because you'll know better than I do. It looks like when you look at the top, oh, I don't know, 12, 14 players or at least that number or so in the state of Missouri in, in that cycle, it looks like some Big time players, like a lot of some top two four seven kids, obviously. Uh some some kids, a lot of four stars, a lot of kids rated eighty-eight plus. Uh that seems to me like that's a fairly high number for Missouri, which is one thing I wanted to ask you about. And the second is why the hell is Tennessee in on so many of these kids? What have they got going on over there? What 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 kind of network are they building to kind of get in there and not just give Drinkwitz a hard time, which is kind of a given, but like, you know, Georgia, Michigan, Notre Dame, there's Ohio State, there's a bunch of people in there and Tennessee's in there swinging and, and getting some success. Yeah, and this and, and this is going to be a big storyline, I think, for Tennessee uh, through, through the rest of the year, you know, is how many of these guys can they get because some of the best possibilities out there among the five stars and, and top 50 type players Tennessee is recruiting are in the state of Missouri. Uh, really, a, a lot of it's centered on three big names. Williams Winery, the defensive lineman, who's one of the top overall players in the country. I think the number three player uh, right now on 24-7 sports. Uh, and then Ryan Wingo, the five-star wide receiver out of St. Louis. Uh, they're actually also still involved with, and he hasn't gotten as, as much attention lately because there, there are a number of contenders for him, but one of his friends in St. Louis, four-star wide receiver, Jeremiah McClellan, mm-hmm. also at least a possibility, uh, Ohio state is the current crystal ball favorite for him. Uh, but Tennessee's in that one too, and has hosted him on a visit this year. Um, and then the, the other big name to, to really watch that they've got a real shot at is Jaden Riddell. Top, that's a top elite. 50 player, man. Yeah, our, our top sixty now, I, I guess in the in the twenty four seven sports rankings. But but regardless, an elite tight end, one of the top five tight ends in the country, uh, out of peculiar Missouri, not far from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, fun name there. But uh, but they, 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 I've always said St. Louis is a little peculiar. <laughs> well, closer to Kansas City, so so blame Kansas. Okay, City never mind. Then I I can't I can't do that. So I, I yeah, but. But yeah, so so those those are all big names and big time battles uh, for for Williams Winery. That looks like 
you know, again, probably a Tennessee-Oklahoma battle right now, but with Missouri also very heavily involved there. Georgia's kind of creeping into the picture. Oregon's also in there. So it's a, as you would imagine, with the number three player in the country, everybody's in that one. But Steve Wiltfong reported not too long ago, he thought Tennessee was in, in pole position for him. You know, that that's still a long way to go in that one. But they're going to get an official visit from him. They're, they very much have a shot at, at Williams one area. It's just that, that that's not going to be an easy pull. But Tennessee's got a, a, a great chance as of right now. Uh, Jaden Riddell, you know, again, top 100 player, one of the nation's top tight ends. You're battling Georgia for him. Georgia's already gotten a crystal ball pick there. Georgia has a heck of a track record at the tight end position. Yes, to it sell. does. Yes, it does. And that, that, that's going to make it tough for Tennessee, but I, I think Tennessee still has a real shot at him, and that's, that's maybe closer to a toss-up uh, than people might think based on that crystal ball prediction. I think Tennessee has a, has a legitimate shot. It sounds like he's going to go back to Georgia and Tennessee later this month on unofficial visits and then take official visits to both schools in June. Alabama's also in that one, but maybe kind of a distant third right now, or at least definitely in third going into the official visits. So it looks like a Georgia-Tennessee battle. Has a great chance at Tennessee, obviously, to play early with the numbers they have at tight end and with Jacob Warren and, and McAllen Castles on their way out after this season. So a real chance to come in and play early that I think has helped Tennessee continue to uh, to be one of the front runners for him. But they, uh, they they hosted him back in early April and have continued to impress him. So I think they've got a real shot there. And Ryan Wingo, he, he's been to Tennessee a couple times already. Um, three times, actually, since June. That's, uh, a, done that's a, really, a lot. That's a lot of times. Really, and, and now this is a kid who's been on a ton of visits. He went to a game at a different school, I think, every single week last season, and that's no exaggeration. I think he went to 13 different schools for games last year. So he's been everywhere. He's going to continue to go everywhere. But right now it sounds like Georgia and Tennessee are the main contenders there. So um, Kelsey Pope and, and company have done a great job with him. That's going to be a big-time battle. Georgia's had some momentum with him lately, but I think Tennessee's still right in the thick of that one. So – wouldn't surprise me if Tennessee lands one or two of those guys. And if they do, that would be pretty remarkable to have that kind of haul from the state of Missouri, where they also got Sean Davian Bradley last year yep. out of the Kansas City area, uh, another top 100 player uh, in the, uh, I believe, in the 24-7 sports composite rankings, even though he fell a little bit late. Um, still, that was a big pickup for the Vols there. So they've they've done some nice work in that state. Don't forget that Josh Heupel and his staff have some ties in that state. That's what I was uh, asking you. That, that was my last question that I had for you was what is, because I know we know that Heupel and some of those guys coach there. Is that one of the biggest reasons? or Because it, it can't have just happened out of nowhere. I guess it could be coincidence. But that that's a lot of big-time players in Missouri that they've been in on. I, I think it's a little bit coincidence, a little bit some of the connections they have, uh, Alec Ablin also from there. Yep. Uh, Glenn Ellerby, of course, coached at Missouri with Josh Heupel. Jake Bresky was at Missouri on the on, on the Vols recruiting staff there um, before following him to Tennessee. Uh, so, so they they've had enough ties there that that helps. Uh, and in this case, you know, Maddie Mock. There's even some ties there on, on the on the the coaching staff at at Lindstrom School to uh, to, to to help give them a foot in the door there. So they're. There are reasons uh, for, for for maybe some of that, but some of it I think has been contributed to at least by the, maybe the time that they spent over in the Kansas City area last year recruiting Sean Davian Bradley. That, that helps them maybe spend a little more time there uh, when when coaches were on the road, and that uh, that maybe opened some doors with guys like Jaden Riddell that they otherwise might not have seen as much uh, when they were on the road last year, and. and 
yeah, just between that and, and that school maybe being a little more open or that state maybe being a little more open for business um, than some other parts uh, of the country where, you know, home state schools tend to to make it tough. If you're going to Ohio, good luck beating out Ohio yeah, State. Good you luck. Know, if you're going, good into, luck. If you're going into South Carolina, Clemson's tough, you know, in Missouri, not not always the case. You know, you, there there is some good talent in that state. Now, St. Louis tends to produce a lot of it. Kansas City sometimes. But that's that's where Oklahoma and some of those schools have made a lot of hay over the years. Uh, Nebraska obviously tries mm-hmm. to recruit that area pretty heavily, is going to continue to do that, I think, under Matt Rule. Eli Drinkwitz and that staff have done a pretty good job at Missouri keeping a lot of those guys home over the past few years. You know, that there's just been enough of an opening, though, for Tennessee and some other schools to go in there. And, and you see Georgia in there now, too. Uh, I think it's just one of those things. Tennessee's been close enough geographically to kind of get a foot in the door. They, they can get guys like Ryan Wingo to make the trip from St. Louis, which is, you know, just under eight hours to Knoxville. It's it's a manageable but but longer drive. So that they've they've had uh, I think it's a few different reasons, but it's you know certainly helps to have some ties in that state, some experience. But I think a lot of this is just Tennessee's better. They're they're uh, they're one of the the closer SEC teams geographically mm-hmm. until Oklahoma uh, jumps into the league, and they've uh, they've they've just done a good job of kind of prioritizing that state and getting a foot in the door early. You know, they were the I think they were the first SEC offer for Jaden Riddell. So some of this is just Tennessee doing a good job recruiting and getting in on these guys at the right time and and really making a move with what they've done on the field. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think we sometimes just forget to mention the fact that, and I'm, I'm glad you just did mention it, that, hey, um, Tennessee's just pretty good again, right? Like the Tennessee program is starting to to look, at least on the surface and the way that things are going. You don't want to count anything before it hatches, but it's like Tennessee's kind of looking like it might be Tennessee again. And if that's the case, that that changes quite a bit of things, and Tennessee can can very much get in the thick of any recruiting battle anywhere in the country, at least get in the door. So there's a, there's a lot going on. This is a big get for Tennessee. Uh, this is a big time for Tennessee. Good momentum in this class. Got a good number on the board early. Ryan, unless you've got anything else, I think we're good, but I think that they're just in a pretty good spot here. They are. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that they're uh, they're done for the spring yet either. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how things play out the rest of the month and, and, and into June with camps. But it's, uh, you know, camps and official visits, I should say. The, the month of June, always a busy one. But um, this yeah, they, they've kind of had a steady stream of players coming into the class, and that it looks like that probably won't stop in the in the coming weeks as we uh, as we near the start of the uh, what should be a pretty busy summer as usual for Tennessee. So, but fun time for Tennessee. They they've maintained a, a, a top ten ranking for much of the year so far, and I think they're uh, they're probably going to stay up there with the way they've uh, kind of kept things on the uh, kept things going since the end of last season. I think that sounds pretty good, Ryan. Appreciate the time, man, and I'm sure that we will have you on here again pretty soon because they seem to be rolling right now. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that 
at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.